This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Insights from our new Chief Research Officer. And new HPC leadership at HPE and Dell. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell with Intersect 360 Research, and this week in HPC, we're going to start with big news from Intersect 360 Research because we've had an addition to our leadership team as I introduce our new Chief Research Officer, Dan Olds. Dan, welcome to this week in HPC, and more importantly, welcome to Intersect 360 Research. Well, thank you very much, Addison. I am excited and very happy to be here. By way of introduction, Dan comes to us from Orion X and has been a senior analyst in high-performance computing for many years. I've known you for a long time, Dan, interacting at various events, including the two of us doing the hot seat sessions for the vendor showdowns at the ISC conference together every year. But your reputation goes well beyond that. And what I'll say to our listeners is, for any analyst coming into the market, I was really hopeful that I could find somebody who brings the triple threat of being really good with the data and the analysis, also a prolific writer, and also a good presenter. We got very lucky in that Dan not only has those three skills, but he's more of what a baseball player would call a five-tool player, because in addition to those three, he's also got great business skills. He's a wonderful strategist, which is a value to us here at Intersect 360 Research, but more importantly to our clients in drawing insights uh, and go-to-market planning from our data. And... For my entire career in HPC, we've talked about how we develop talent to get more young people into HPC. And Dan has been the visual leader and and coordinator of the Student Cluster Challenge worldwide and really has done a lot to to bring more talent into HPC. It's such a, a great honor to have somebody who does that kind of work as part of the Intersect 360 research team. Dan, I'm really glad to have you aboard. Well, Addison, thank you so much for that introduction. It's making me both teary-eyed and big-headed at the same time. I barely recognize the person you were talking about, but thank you very humbly for that. But I want to say that I'm really excited to work with Intersect 360 Research. I've long admired the research output from Addison and Chris Willard, who is my predecessor in this role. They do research right, and their opinions and the basis of those opinions comes from the research, what's actually happening in the market. And I truly admire that. You mentioned my partner, Chris Willard, who's always helped me in this company. He remains behind the scenes. He retired uh, about a year ago. He's still a co-owner of the company and an advisor. But Dan, really uh, great to have you on board. And it's been baptism by fire. We got very busy very quickly. You were already working behind the scenes on our new HPC and AI technology survey. And we just gave a webinar publicly, and you can find the slides and recording on our website at intersect360.com slash presentations. But Dan, you gave the bulk of that presentation. Why don't you give some of the insights from our newest survey? Sure. Some of the high points. And uh, what a webinar it was. I would advise everybody to go back and listen to that and have your family listen to it as well. Your friends, your enemies, everybody. It was just that good of a webinar. 
So this survey, we conducted it in December of last year. 268 individual organizations in commercial, academic, and government. And we found out some interesting things. And, and this was a really good survey base. 98% of the respondents were involved with deeply with HPC systems or administration. 94% of the respondents have some role in HPC spending, which is great. And the, the purchasing power represented by these respondents. $1.5 billion, which is nothing to sneeze at. So let's get into the data a little bit and chime in, Addison, wherever you feel it's appropriate. Not a big surprise in CPU usage. Uh, Intel, of course, rules the roost with 98 or more percent of folks using Intel processors, but we're seeing a burgeoning presence with AMD. It appears at 70% of the surveyed sites. Right. Now, a lot of that is, is just partial or some usage with people trying out AMD or balancing Intel systems with AMD systems. And the complete breakdown is there. We also saw a healthy presence of ARM. I wouldn't say this was surprising. We knew that AMD with Epic was coming up at a lot of sites, but it really yeah. was impressive. The market share gain they've shown in a short amount of time. Also impressive, and I think uh, an important indicator of where the market's going, both ARM processors and AMD Epic processors had their highest penetration within the commercial sectors versus the mm -hmm. public sectors. And whereas we usually think of public sector, academia, government as being a testbed for new technologies here, I think the point we're seeing is that the commercial markets tend to be able to tailor their architectures more to particular workloads, and they'll definitely go in and specialize, whereas the general purpose academic and government research labs are, are sticking a little more toward here are the things that we know everybody wants to use. So we're seeing more adoption of AMD in the, in the commercial sector, also more adoption of ARM in the commercial sector relative to the public sector so far. Well, that, and I also think that it's a longer sales cycle for the, for the uh, uh, academic and government sector versus the commercial sector. I think the commercial sector might be able to move a little bit faster on these things. Let's talk a little bit about vendors while we're at this. Uh, Dell and HPE are tops in HPC systems. Uh, there's plenty of both at pretty much everybody. And as Addison points out, as, as pointed out in our webinar, that uh, Dell typically wins the crown for the most systems out there, but HPE craze are bigger. That's right. Most surveys that we've done over the years, and we're now in our 15th year surveying the HPC market, in most of those surveys, we wind up counting more Dell systems than HPE Cray systems. Now, our, our, our surveys do skew a little bit more toward academia where Dell uh, has a larger presence. That's part of it. And then the HPE and Cray systems, in this case, do tend to be larger. So when we do a market model based on revenue, that's where HPE tends to take a slight lead over Dell. But uh, this was yet another survey with Dell showing a really strong presence. We also included NVIDIA on the list of server vendors 
in this instance, which was an, an intentional and interesting experiment on our part to try to monitor with things like DGX and SuperPod to what extent people were perceiving their servers as NVIDIA servers, even though they're purchased through some other server vendor. And NVIDIA showed up with a, a really high presence of people saying, yes, I, I got my server from NVIDIA, even though we yeah. know that that revenue ultimately gets ascribed to somebody else. Yes, and it very well could be Dell or HPE, but customers are right. perceiving the presence of those GPUs, meaning it's an NVIDIA system, and they came in third. Yeah, that's right. And then overall, uh, the uh, surveys did conform to our market models pretty well, and this is ongoing research that, that helps us form the market shares uh, when we'll come out with those in a couple of months. And something else to look at as you go through the webinar and the slides, we did do a very good job on defining the cluster size and distribution among the survey respondents in a very good spread going from entry-level HPC systems, 16 nodes or less, in four categories going all the way up to supercomputers, 512 nodes or more. And we have good chunks of data from people that own all of those. Yeah, this is something that we've talked about in the past with our clients who want to target the entry level or mid range of high performance computing that people who are supercomputing or high end HPC users often or usually also have entry level and mid range systems. So when we do the uh, the spread of entry level up through supercomputer, counting it by product is one way to do it. But then if you really want to address an entry level class user, you're looking for what proportion of the market are entry level users where that's the largest thing they own. And yes. this distribution within the survey uh, helps us define that. We can identify them and we can cut the data by any of these categories, which is great. We also took a look at liquid cooling and finding that fully plumbed racks are well represented within the, the liquid cooling, uh, I guess you want to call it market. Uh, door chillers are still the most common, but we're seeing fully plumbed racks and that's using uh, facility-wide plumbing and facility-wide heat exchangers to be moving on a pretty good upward pace. Yeah, we surveyed for all types of liquid cooling. Uh, this has been a growth area in HPC, and now we've got some data to corroborate that. Yes, uh, took a pretty good look at uh, compute accelerators, and not surprisingly, NVIDIA is leading the pack there. But we are seeing interest in FPGAs and awareness of FPGAs and uh, AMD's instinct uh, GPUs. One of the most interesting things that we asked was about CPU and GPU combinations. How impressed are you with these? Yeah, we were looking at this to back up evidence that we found in our previous HPC user rating survey from a quarter before, which had concluded that people were really interested in the combination of x86 processors, whether from Intel Xeon or AMD EPIC together with the NVIDIA GPUs. And this was even stronger evidence to show that that's really the configuration that people want. But we were also measuring the other things downstream from that. What about ARM processors, whether they're with NVIDIA GPUs or, or, or something or AMD. else, or AMD yeah. GPUs, right? What about the uh, altogether AMD CPU plus GPU? What about the Intel altogether CPU plus GPU? And now we can look at 
what kind of uh, preferences the users are holding or how open-minded they are to all of those architectural combinations, which is really a direction that the industry is heading in. And I would like to throw a little spotlight on the new uh, Intel XEHPC accelerator. I was surprised at the amount of interest uh, that people showed in that, given that it's not it's not a released product and we haven't seen a whole slew of benchmarking for it. But I have a feeling that maybe some of these folks had some briefings. Well, yes, there's a lot of attention on that Intel XE HPC product, as there is on one API. Now, the good news for them is that there's a lot of market receptivity to that. I think people are listening. They've got people's attention. I, I think the other side of that is the stakes are high for Intel to get this right with one API yes. and Intel XE uh, because they've had some decommitments or or canceled projects in this space or in HPC at, at large. And uh, I, I think they really have to get this one right, particularly around the Aurora supercomputer. Totally agree on that. Uh, one of the things that we did too is we, for the first time, we asked, how do you purchase storage? And looking to differentiate on that. Yeah, that's right. Um, because we're, we're looking at sometimes storage is purchased together with HPC systems or as part of a complete HPC strategy. And sometimes it's a different department that's not even HPC. And then the HPC group gets allocated storage and told how much they're going to pay for it. We can describe that incidental part of the HPC storage market now in more detail to our clients. And then the last thing that I really want to talk about on this podcast, we got into storage configurations and arrays and on. We did. There's so much detail in this. But most importantly, as we start setting up for our annual market sizing, we asked some targeted budgeted questions around COVID-19. We're going to follow that up with a budget map survey that's about to go into the field. But already in this survey, we're starting to get a sense of how and when budgets and operations were affected by the pandemic. We looked at the effect on COVID-19 on HPC environments. Two questions. Uh, first of all, how has COVID-19 affected your HPC operations? 40% said yes, it has had an impact on their HPC operations. 33% said it's had an impact on their budgets. Of that 33% that said it's had an impact on their budgets, 69% reported reductions, while 28% might surprise some people, reported increases. No, it didn't surprise. Uh, well, I guess the magnitude of it. Because the magnitude the, the, surprised the me a little bit. The pandemic has lasted longer than we thought back when we were doing this forecast in July. And when I say the pandemic, in this case, what I really mean is the economic effects of the pandemic mm -hmm. have lasted longer than we would have thought. And our forecast adjustment from last summer was predicated on the idea that the economic effects were largely constrained to 2020. We're now in early 2021 and we're not done with it yet, although the tea leaves are good. But if, if suddenly we're set back again and there's a prolonged economic effect, we're going to have to revisit those market models again. Now, we're going to do the budget map survey next uh, this quarter, this month that'll hit the field. That'll lead us into doing our new market model and forecast, which should be out in May and people can hear that. 
Dan, you were alluding to more data that we got in this study, particularly around cloud and cloud-like environments. Yes. And we're going to survey that as well, all, not only here, but in the budget map survey. Again, there's just more than we can go into in a, yes. in a short podcast. There was tons of data in this. And, uh, and I was glad that you were there to present it all in that webinar. The last thing I want to touch on is COVID-19 and HPC procurement. And this is really important because it, it gives us a shape for the curve of the market, we believe. So of the 33% that said they had COVID impact their budgets, 32% said it created new projects and unexpected spending, 13% accelerated their purchases, 35% reported no change in procurement, 43% delayed HPC purchases and 13% canceled HPC purchases. Right. Now those percents are out of the 33% yes. who had a budget effect. So 13% of 33% had a cancellation and and those yes. are consistent with what we thought. I we wrapped this up by say, uh, by doing a quick look at the forecast. We think the shape of what we had forecast last July is fundamentally right. Some areas, particularly biosciences, we think will have done better than we had forecast. We thought they would go over and above what we had forecast, and, and we think they exceeded even that. Whereas academia, as things went into the fall and students weren't coming back on campus, we think they fell short of what we had originally forecast. That's some initial guidance, but give us two more months to wrap that up, and you'll be part of that market sizing and forecasting as well, Dan. I sense a pivot table in my future. At least one pivot table in the future. <laughs> Meanwhile, also this week in HPC, Dan, Intersect 360 Research wasn't the only notable HPC company with uh, with key leadership changes. Just this week in HPC, it was announced that Pete Dungaro would be stepping down from his position within HPE Cray to be replaced by Justin Hotard. This is you know, in one sense, a big loss for us from the HPC community. But really, I want to spend this time on this podcast to thank Pete and Garrow for what he did with Cray. He turned Cray from a beloved company that was always never quite achieving to one that was still a beloved company, but had a sweep of the exascales. It was like getting to see the Cubs finally win the World Series. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't think it's going too far to call him a legend in this business. I don't think we've heard the last of him, but I do think that, you know, it's probably time because he pulled Cray out from where they were. Uh, he engineered a very successful transition over to HPE and he shepherded it to the point where they've won again, like you said, all the exascale stuff, but they're also picking up new systems right and left. Meanwhile, Justin Hotard was instrumental in the acquisition of SGI. He's led HPE in Japan. They've got great leadership within HPE and deep bench strength, both in the traditional HPC side and with the teams that they acquired from Cray and SGI. So I don't think that's overall bad news there. I think this no. time for Pete to go on, take some well-deserved time off and then decide what he wants to do next. And it wasn't even only HPE because there have been some reorganization at Dell, which is the other key company at the top of the HPC market. We knew that Thierry Pellegrino would no longer be the vice president and general manager. 
there. And at a recent Dell HPC community meeting, Dell took the opportunity to introduce the new leadership for that group, including Caitlin Gordon, who's the vice president of product management for the Integrated Solutions Group, Pete Manka, who's the senior vice president president of Integrated Solutions Engineering, and Ehab Tarazi, who's the senior vice president in the CTO office and of the Integrated Solutions and Technology Ecosystems Group. So between them and Justin, we're looking forward at Intersect 360 Research to building strong relationships with all of these new leaders. And Dell had some other news that we don't really have time to get into right now, but I do want to give a quick mention to the new African Supercomputer Center, which is in Morocco, and a new supercomputer there called Tukal, which is a five petaflop supercomputer that is now the most powerful supercomputer computer on the continent. Yes, it is. It overshadows the just over one petaflop supercomputer of our very good friend, Happy Satoli, down at South Africa's Center for High Performance Computing. This is a new Dell system. And as I said on Twitter, this is probably now the top of my list of supercomputers I most want to visit once we're allowed to fly somewhere again. I've not been to Morocco and the new African Supercomputer Center sounds like it should be top of my list. What do you think? I would like I would like to see that. I also want to see Mare Nostrum, too. I haven't seen that in person. I have been to that one, and that should be on the top of your list if it if it wasn't already. That's a, a really nice supercomputer center there. Well, Dan, we're going to have a lot of other future podcasts. To all you fans of Tiffany Trader and other HPC Wire or Tabor Communications editors, have no fear. We're still distributing in partnership with HPC Wire, and you'll hear that editorial team on future episodes of This Week in HPC. But for today, I wanted to introduce Dan Old, say, Dan, welcome to the team and welcome to the podcast. Podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, we will be coming back at you with another podcast before you know it, probably a week. All right, Dan. Thanks a lot for helping me wrap up the news. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.